Act Three of The Country Wife by William Witcherly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One A Room in Pinchwife's House. Enter Alethea and Mrs. Pinchwife. Sister, what ails you? You are grown melancholy would it not make any one melancholy to see you go every day fluttering about abroad while i must stay at home like a poor lonely sullen bird in a cage ay sister but you came young and just from the nest to your cage so that i thought you liked it and could be as cheerful in it as others that took their flight themselves early and are hopping abroad in the open air nay i confess i was quiet enough till my husband told me what pure lives the london ladies live abroad with their dancing meetings and junketings and dressed every day in their best gowns and i warrant you play at ninepins every day of the week so they do enter pinchwife come what's here to do you're putting the town pleasures in her head and setting her a longing yes after ninepins you suffer none to give her those longings you mean but yourself well i tell her of the vanities of the town like a confessor a confessor just such a confessor as he that by forbidding a silly ostler to grease the horse's teeth taught him to do it come mrs flippant good precepts are lost when bad examples are still before us the liberty you take abroad makes her hanker after it and out of humour at home poor wretch she desired not to come to london i would bring her very well she has been this week in town and never desired to this afternoon to go abroad was she not at a play yesterday yes but she ne'er asked me i was myself the cause of her going then if she ask you again you are the cause of her asking and not my example well to-morrow night i shall be rid of you and the next day before tis light she and i'll be rid of the town and my dreadful apprehensions come be not melancholy for thou shalt go into the country after to-morrow dearest great comfort pish what do you tell me of the country for how's this what pish at the country let me alone i am not well oh if that be all what ails my dearest truly i don't know but i have not been well since you told me there was a gallant at the play in love with me Ha! that's by my example too nay if you are not well but are so concerned because a lewd fellow chanced to lie and say he liked you you'll make me sick too of what sickness oh of that which is worse than the plague jealousy pish you dear i'm sure there's no such disease in our receipt book at home no thou never met'st with it poor innocent aside well if thou cuckold me twill be my own fault for cuckolds and bastards are generally makers of their own fortune well but pray but let's go to a play to-night tis just done she comes from it but why are you so eager to see a play faith dear not that i care one pin for their talk there but i like to look upon the player men and would see if i could the gallant you say loves me that's all dear bud oh is that all dear bud this proceeds from my example but if the play be done let's go abroad however dear bud come have a little patience and thou shalt go into the country on friday therefore i would see first some sights to tell my neighbours of nay i will go abroad that's once 
I'm because of this desire, too. But now I think, Aunt, who, who was the cause of Horner's coming to my lodgings today? That was you. No, you. Because you would not let him see your handsome wife out of your lodging. Why, oh, Lord, did the gentleman come hither to see me indeed? No, no. You were not the cause of that damned question, too, Mistress Alethea. Aside. Well, she's in the right of it. He is in love with my wife, and comes after her, tis so. But I'll nip his love in the bud, lest he should follow us into the country and break his chariot wheel near our house, on purpose for an excuse to come to it. But I think I know the town. Come, pray, bud, let's go abroad before tis late, for I will go that's flat and plain. Pinchwife, aside. So, the obstinacy already of the town wife, and I must, while she's here, humour her like one. Aloud. Sister, how shall we do that she may not be seen or known? Let her put on her mask. Pshaw! A mask makes people but the more inquisitive, and is as ridiculous a disguise as a stage-beard. Her shape, stature, habit will be known, and if we should meet with Horner, he would be sure to take acquaintance with us, must wish her joy, kiss her, talk to her, leer upon her, and the devil and all. No, I'll not use her to a mask. Tis dangerous, for masks have made more cuckolds than the best faces that were ever known. How will you do then? Nay, shall we go? The exchange will be shut, and I have a mind to see that. So I have it. I'll dress her up in the suit we were to carry down to her brother, little Sir James. Nay, I understand the town tricks. Come, let's go dress her. A mask? No. A woman masked like a covered dish gives a man curiosity and appetite, when it may be uncovered, to turn his stomach. No, no. Indeed, your comparison is something a greasy one. But I had a gentle gallant used to say, A beauty mast, like the sun in eclipse, gathers together more gazes than if it shined out. Exeunt. Scene two. The new exchange. Enter Horner, Harcourt, and Dorlant. Engage to women and not sup with us. Aye, a pox on him all. You were a much more reasonable man in the morning and had as noble resolutions against him as a widower of a week's liberty did i ever think to see you keep company with women in vain in vain <laughs> no tis since i can't love him not to be revenged on him now your sting is gone you looked in the box amongst all those women like a drone in the hive all upon you shoved and ill-used by em all and thrust from one side to the other yet he must be buzzing amongst em still like other beetle-headed licorice drones avoid em and hate em as they hate you because i do hate him and would hate him yet more i'll frequent him you may see by marriage nothing makes a man hate a woman more than her constant conversation in short i converse with him as you do with rich fools to laugh at him and use him ill but I would no more sup with women unless I could lie with them than sup with a rich coxcomb unless I could cheat him. Yes, I have known thee sup with a fool for his drinking. If he could set out your hand that way only, you were satisfied, and if he were a wine-swallowing mouth, twas enough. Yes, a man drinks often with a fool as he tosses with a marker, only to keep his hand in use. But do the ladies drink? Yes, sir. 
and I shall have the pleasure at least of laying him flat with a bottle, and bring as much scandal that way upon him as formerly t'other. Perhaps you may prove as weak a brother among em that way as t'other. Foe, drinking with women is as unnatural as scolding with them, but tis a pleasure of decaying fornicators, and the basest way of quenching love. Nay, tis drowning love, instead of quenching it. But leave us for civil women, too. Ay, when he can't be the better for em. We hardly pardon a man that leaves his friend for a wench, and that's a pretty lawful call. Faith, I would not leave you for em if they would not drink. Who would disappoint his company at Lewis's for a gossiping? Fair. Wine and women, good apart, together are as nauseous as suck and sugar. But hark you, sir, before you go, a little of your advice. An old maimed general, when unfit for action, is fittest for counsel. I have other designs upon women than eating and drinking with them. I am in love with Sparkish's mistress, whom he is to marry to-morrow. Now how shall I get her? Enter Sparkish, looking about. Why, here comes one will help you to her. He? He, I tell you, is my rival and will hinder my love. No, a foolish rival and a jealous husband assist their rival's designs, for they are sure to make their women hate them, which is the first step to their love for another man. But I cannot come near his mistress but in his company. Still the better for you, for fools are most easily cheated when they themselves are accessories, and he is to be bubbled of his mistress as of his money, the common mistress, by keeping him company. Who is that that is to be bubbled? Faith, let me snack. I haven't met with a bubble since Christmas. Gad, I think bubbles are like their brother Woodcocks. Go out and with the cold weather. Harcourt apart to Horner. A pox! He did not hear all, I hope. Come, you bubbling rogues, you. Where do we sup? Oh, Harcourt, my mistress tells me you have been making fierce love to her all the play long. <laughs> But I... I make love to her? Nay, I forgive thee, for I think I know thee, and I know her. But I am sure I know myself. Did she tell you so? I see all women are like these of the exchange, who to enhance the prize of their commodities, report to their fond customers offers which were never made em. I... Women are apt to tell before the intrigue, as men after it, and so show themselves the vainer sex. But hast thou a mistress, Sparkish? Tis as hard for me to believe it, as that thou ever hadst a bubble, as you bragged just now. Oh, your servant, sir. Are you at your raillery, sir? But we are some of us beforehand with you to-day at the play. The wits were something bold with you, sir. Did you not hear us laugh? Yes, but I thought you had gone to plays, to laugh at the poet's wit, not at your own. Your servant, sir? No, I thank you. Gad, I go to a play as to a country treat. I carry my own wine to one, and my own wit to the other, or else I'm sure I should not be merry at either. And the reason why we are so often louder than the players is because we think we speak more wit 
and so become the poet's rivals in his audience. For to tell you the truth, we hate the silly rogues. Nay, so much that we find fault even with their body upon the stage, whilst we talk nothing else in the pit as loud. But why shouldst thou hate the silly poets? Thou hast too much wit to be one, and they, like whores, are only hated by each other, and thou dost scorn writing, I'm sure. Yes, I'd have you to know I scorn writing. But women, women, that make men do all foolish things, make em write songs, too. Everybody does it. Tis even as common with lovers as playing with fans. And you can no more help rhyming to your Phyllis than drinking to your Phyllis. Nay, poetry and love is no more to be avoided than jealousy. But the poets damned your songs, did they? Damn the poets. They have turned them into burlesque, as they call it. That burlesque is a hocus-pocus trick they have got, which, by the virtue of Hictius Doctius Topsy-Turvy, they make a wise and witty man in the world, a fool upon the stage you know not how. And tis therefore I hate him too, for I know not, but it may be my own case. For they'll put a man into a play for looking a squint. Their predecessors were contented to make serving men only their stage fools. But these rogues must have gentlemen, with a pox to em, nay, knights. And indeed, you shall hardly see a fool upon the stage, but he's a knight. And to tell you the truth, they have kept me these six years from being a knight in earnest, for fear of being knighted in a play, and dubbed a fool. Blame em not, they must follow their copy. The age. But why shouldst thou be afraid of being in a play who expose yourself every day in the playhouses and at public places? Tis but being on the stage, instead of standing on a bench in the pit. Don't you give money to painters to draw you like? And are you afraid of your pictures at length in a playhouse where all your mistresses may see you? A pox! Painters don't draw the smallpox or pimples on one's face. Come! Damn all your silly authors, whatever, all books and booksellers by the world, and all readers, courteous or uncourteous. But who comes here, Sparkish? Enter Pinchwife and Mrs. Pinchwife in man's clothes, Alethea and Lucy. Oh, hide me. There's my mistress, too. Sparkish hides himself behind Harcourt. She sees you. But I will not see her. Tis time to go to Whitehall and I must not fail the drawing-room. Pray first carry me and reconcile me to her. Another time. Faith, the king will have supped. Not with the worst stomach for thy absence? Thou art one of those fools that think their attendance at the king's mills as necessary as his physicians, when you are more troublesome to him than his doctors or his dogs. Pshaw, I know my interest, sir. Prithee, hide me. Your servant, Pinchwife. What? He knows us not. Pinchwife to his wife aside. Come along. Pray, have you any ballads? Give me sixpennyworth. We have no ballads. Then give me Covent Garden drollery and a play or two. Oh, here's Tarugo's Wilds and The Slighted Maiden. I'll have them. Pinchwife, apart to her. No, plays are not for your reading. Come along. Will you discover yourself? 
who is that pretty youth with him sparkish i believe his wife's brother because he's something like her but i never saw her but once extremely handsome i have seen a face like it too uh, let us follow him exeunt pinchwife mrs pinchwife alethea and lucy horner and dorlant following them come sparkish your mistress saw you and will be angry you go not to her besides i would fain be reconciled to her which none but you can do dear friend well that's a better reason dear friend i would not go near her now for hers or my own sake but i can deny you nothing for though i have known thee a great while never go if i do not love thee as well as a new acquaintance i am obliged to you indeed dear friend i would be well with her only to be well with thee still for these ties to wives usually dissolve all ties to friends i would be contented she should enjoy you a nights but i would have you to myself a days as i have had dear friend and thou shalt enjoy me a days dear dear friend never stir and i'll be divorced from her sooner than from thee come along harcourt aside so we are hard put to it when we make our rival our procurer but neither she nor her brother would let me come near her now when all's done a rival is the best cloak to steal to a mistress under without suspicion and when we have once got to her as we desire we throw him off like other cloaks exit sparkish harcourt following him re-enter pinchwife and mrs pinchwife pinchwife to alethea sister if you will not go we must leave you aside the fool her gallant and she will muster up all the young saunterers of this place and they will leave their dear sempstresses to follow us what a swarm of cuckolds and cuckold makers are here come let's be gone mistress marjorie don't you believe that i ha'n't half my belly full of sights yet then walk this way lord what a power of brave signs are here stay the bull's head the ram's head and the stag's head dear nay if every husband's proper sign were visible they would be all alike what do you mean by that bud tis no matter no matter bud pray tell me nay i will know they would all be bulls, stags and ramheads exeunt pinchwife and mrs pinchwife re-enter sparkish harcourt alethea and lucy at the other side come dear madam for my sake you shall be reconciled to him for your sake i hate him that's something too cruel madam to hate me for his sake ay indeed madam too too cruel to me to hate my friend for my sake i hate him because he is your enemy and you ought to hate him too for making love to me if you love me that's a good one i hate a man for loving you if he did love you tis but what he can't help and tis your fault not his if he admires you i hate a man for being of my opinion i'll never do it by the world is it for your honour or mine to suffer a man to make love to me who am to marry you to-morrow is it for your honour or mine to have me jealous that he makes love to you is a sign you are handsome 
and that I am not jealous, is a sign you are virtuous. That, I think, is for your honour. But tis your honour, too, I am concerned for. But why, dearest madam, will you be more concerned for his honour than he is himself? Let his honour alone, for my sake and his. He, he has no honour. How's that? But what, my dear friend, can guard himself? Aho! That's right again. Your care of his honour argues his neglect of it, which is no honour to my dear friend here. Therefore, once more, let his honour go which way it will, dear madam. Aye, aye, were it for my honour to marry a woman whose virtue I suspected, and could not trust her in a friend's hands? Are you not afraid to lose me? He afraid to lose you, madam? No, no, you may see how the most estimable and most glorious creature in the world is valued by him. Will you not see it? Right, honest Frank. I have that noble value for her, that I cannot be jealous of her. You mistake him. He means you care not for me, nor who has me. Lord, madam, I see you are jealous. Will you wrest a poor man's meaning from his words? You astonish me, sir, with your want of jealousy. And you make me giddy, madam, with your jealousy and fears, and virtue and honour. Gad, I see virtue makes a woman as troublesome as a little reading or learning. Monstrous! Lucy, aside. Well, to see what easy husbands these women of quality can meet with. <laughs> a poor chambermaid can never have such ladylike luck. Besides, he's thrown away upon her. She'll make no use of her fortune, her blessing. None to a gentleman for a pure cuckold. For it requires good breeding to be a cuckold. I tell you then plainly. He pursues me to marry me. Pshaw! Come, madam, you see you strive in vain to make him jealous of me. My dear friend is the kindest creature in the world to me. Poor fellow! But his kindness only is not enough for me. Without your favour, your good opinion, dear madam, tis that must perfect my happiness. Good gentleman, he believes all I say would you would do so jealous of me i would not wrong him nor you for the world look you there hear him hear him and do not walk away so alethea walks carelessly to and fro i love you madam so how's that nay now you begin to go too far indeed so much i confess i say i love you that i would not have you miserable and cast yourself away upon so unworthy and inconsiderable a thing as what you see here harcourt clapping his hand on his breast points at sparkish no faith i believe thou wouldst not now his meaning is plain but i knew before thou wouldst not wrong me nor her no no heavens forbid the glory of her sex should fall so low as into the embraces of such a contemptible wretch the least of mankind my friend here i injure him embracing sparkish very well no no dear friend i knew it madam you see he will rather wrong himself than me in giving himself such names do you not understand him yet? Yes, 
how modestly he speaks of himself poor fellow methinks he speaks impudently of yourself since before yourself too insomuch that i can no longer suffer his scurrilous abusiveness to you no more than his love to me offers to go nay nay madam pray stay his love to you lord madam has he not spoke yet plain enough yes indeed i should think so well then by the world a man can't speak civilly to a woman now but presently she says he makes love to her nay madam you shall stay with your pardon since you have not yet understood him till he has made an eclaircissement of his love to you that is what kind of love it is answer thy catechism friend do you love my mistress here yes i wish she would not doubt it but how do you love her with all my soul i thank him methinks he speaks plain enough now sparkish to alethea you are out still but with what kind of love harcourt with the best and the truest love in the world look you there then that is with no matrimonial love i'm sure how's that do you say matrimonial love is not best yet i went too far ere i was aware but speak for thyself harcourt you said you would not wrong me nor her no so madam even take him for heaven's sake look you there madam who should in all justice be yours he that loves you most claps his hand on his breast look you there mr sparkish who's that who should it be go on harcourt who loves you more than women titles or fortune fools points at sparkish look you there he means me still for he points at me ridiculous who can only match your faith and constancy in love ay who knows if it be possible how to value so much beauty and virtue ay whose love can no more be equalled in the world than that heavenly form of yours no who could no more suffer a rival than your absence and yet could no more suspect your virtue than his own constancy in his love to you no who in fine loves you better than his eyes that first made him love you ay nay madam faith you shan't go till have a care lest you make me stay too long but till he has saluted you that i may be assured you are friends after his honest advice and declaration come pray madam be friends with him re-enter pinchwife and mrs pinchwife you must pardon me sir that i am not yet so obedient to you what invite your wife to kiss men monstrous are you not ashamed i will never forgive you are you not ashamed that i should have more confidence in the chastity of your family than you have you must not teach me i am a man of honour sir though i am frank and free i am frank sir very frank sir to share your wife with your friends he is an humble menial friend such as reconciles the differences of the marriage bed you know man and wife do not always agree i design him for that use therefore would have him well with my wife a menial friend you will get a great many menial friends by showing your wife as you do what then 
It may be I have a pleasure in it, as I have to show fine clothes at a playhouse the first day, and count money before poor rogues. He that shows his wife all money will be in danger of having them borrowed sometimes. I love to be envied, and would not marry a wife that I alone could love. Loving alone is dull as eating alone. Is it not a frank age? And I am a frank person. And to tell you the truth, it may be, I love to have rivals in a wife. They make her seem to a man still but as a kept mistress. And so, good night, for I must to Whitehall. Madam, I hope you are now reconciled to my friend. And so I wish you a good night, madam, and sleep if you can. For tomorrow, you know, I must visit you early with a canonical gentleman. Good night, dear Harcourt. Exit. Madam, I hope you will not refuse my visit tomorrow, if it should be earlier with a canonical gentleman than Mr. Sparkish's. This gentlewoman is yet under my care, therefore you must yet forbear your freedom with her, sir. Coming between Alethea and Harcourt. Must, sir? Yes, sir, she is my sister. Tis well she is, sir, for I must be her servant, sir. Madam? Come away, sister. We had been gone if it had not been for you, and so avoided these lewd rakehells who seem to haunt us. Re-enter Horner and Dorland. How now, Pinchwife? Your servant. What? I see a little time in the country makes a man turn wild and unsociable, and only fit to converse with his horses, dogs, and his herds. I have business, sir, and must mind it. Your business is pleasure, therefore you and I must go different ways. Well, you may go on, but this pretty young gentleman... Takes hold of Mrs. Pinchwife. The lady and the maid shall stay with us. For I suppose their business is the same with ours. Pleasure. Pinchwife aside. Steph, he knows her. She carries it so sillily. Yet if he does not, I should be more silly to discover it first. Pray, let us go, sir. Come, come. Horner to Mrs. Pinchwife. Had you not rather stay with us? Prithee, Pinchwife, who is this pretty young gentleman? One to whom I'm guardian. Aside. I wish I could keep her out of your hands. Who is he? I never saw anything so pretty in all my life. Uh, pshaw, do not look upon him so much. He's a poor bashful youth. You'll put him out of countenance. Come away, brother. Offers to take her away. Oh, your brother. Yes, my wife's brother. Come, come, she'll stay supper for us. I thought so. For he is very like her I saw you at the play with, whom I told you I was in love with. Mrs. Pinchwife aside. Oh, Gemini, is that he that was in love with me? I'm glad on Tai Wao, for he's a curious fine gentleman, and I love him already too. To Pinchwife. Is this he, Bart? Pinchwife to his wife. Come away, come away. Why, what haste are you in? Why won't you let me talk with him? Because you'll debauch him. He's yet young and innocent, and I would not have him debauched for anything in the world. Aside. How she gazes on him! The devil! Harcourt, Dorland, look you here. This is the likeness of that dowd he told us of, his wife. 
did you ever see a lovelier creature the rogue has reason to be jealous of his wife since she's like him or she would make all that see her in love with her and as i remember now she is as like him here as can be she is indeed very pretty if she be like him very pretty ha! a very pretty commendation she is a glorious creature beautiful beyond all things i ever beheld so so more beautiful than a poet's first mistress of imagination or another man's last mistress of flesh and blood nay now you jeer sir pray don't jeer me come come aside by heavens she'll discover herself <sighs> i speak of your sister sir ay but saying she was handsome if like him made him blush aside i am upon a rack methinks he is so handsome he should not be a man pinchwife aside oh there tis out he has discovered her i am not able to suffer any longer to his wife come come away i say nay by your leave sir he shall not go yet aside to them harcourt dorland let us torment this jealous rogue a little how i'll show you come pray let him go i cannot stay fooling any longer i tell you his sister stays supper for us does she come then we'll all go to sup with he and thee no uh, now i think aunt having stayed so long for us i warrant she's gone to bed aside i wish she and i were well out of their hands to his wife come i must rise early to-morrow come well then if she be gone to bed i wish her and you a good night but pray young gentleman present my humble service to her thank you heartily sir pinchwife aside sdeath she will discover herself yet in spite of me aloud he is something more civil to you for your kindness to his sister than i am it seems tell her dear sweet little gentleman for all your brother there that you have revived the love i had for her at first sight in the playhouse but did you love her indeed and indeed pinchwife aside so so aloud away i say nay stay yes indeed and indeed pray do you tell her so and give her this kiss from me pinchwife aside oh heavens what do i suffer now tis too plain he knows her and yet and this and this what do you kiss me for i am no woman pinchwife aside so there tis out aloud come i cannot nor will stay any longer nay they shall send your lady a kiss too here harcourt dorland will you not pinchwife aside how do i suffer this was i not accusing another just now for his rascally patience in permitting his wife to be kissed before his face ten thousand ulcers gnaw away their lips aloud come come good night dear little gentleman madam good night farewell pinchwife apart to harcourt and dorland did not i tell you i was raised as jealous gall exeunt horner harcourt and dorland so they are gone at last stay let me see first if the coach be at this door exit 
re-enter horner harcourt and dorland what not gone yet will you be sure to do as i desired you sweet sir sweet sir but what will you give me then anything come away into the next walk exit hailing away mrs pinchwife hold hold what do you do stay stay hold hold madam hold let him present him he'll come presently nay i will never let you go till you answer my question for god's sake sir i must follow him alethea and lucy struggling with harcourt and dorland no i have something to present you with too you shan't follow them re-enter pinchwife where how what's become of gone whither he's only gone with the gentleman who will give him something and it please your worship something give him something with a pox where are they in the next walk only brother only only where where exit and returns presently then goes out again what's the matter with him why so much concerned but dearest madam pray let me go sir i have said and suffered enough already then you will not look upon nor pity my sufferings to look upon him when i cannot help him were cruelty not pity therefore i will never see you more let me then madam have my privilege of a banished lover complaining or railing and give you but a farewell reason why if you cannot condescend to marry me you should not take that wretch my rival he only not you since my honour is engaged so far to him can give me a reason why i should not marry him but if he be true and what i think him to me i must be so to him your servant sir have women only constancy when tis a vice and are like fortune only true to fools dorland to lucy who struggles to get from him thou shalt not stir thou robust creature you see i can deal with you therefore you should stay the rather and be kind re-enter pinchwife gone gone not to be found quite gone ten thousand plagues go with them which way went they but into t'other walk brother their business will be done presently sure and it please your worship it can't be long in doing i'm sure on it are they not there no you know where they are you infamous wretch eternal shame of your family which you do not dishonour enough yourself you think but you must help her to do it too thou legion of bods good brother damned damned sister oh, look you here she's coming re-enter mrs pinchwife running with her hat full of oranges and dried fruit under her arm horner following oh dear bod look you here what i've got see pinchwife aside rubbing his forehead and what have i got here too which you can't see the fine gentleman has given me better things yet has he so aside out of breath and coloured i must hold yet i have only given your little brother an orange sir pinchwife to horner thank you sir aside you have only squeezed my orange i suppose and given it me again yet i must have a city patience to his wife come come away stay till i have put up my fine things bud enter sir jasper fidget 
Oh, Master Horner, come, come, the ladies stay for you. Your mistress, my wife, wonders you make not more haste to her. I have stayed this half hour for you here, and tis your fault I am not now with your wife. But pray, don't let her know so much. The truth, aunt, is I was advancing a certain project to his majesty about. I'll tell you. No, let's go, and hear it at your house. Good night, sweet little gentleman. One kiss more. You'll remember me now, I hope. What, Sir Jasper? You will separate friends? He promised to sup with us, and if you take him to your house, you'll be in danger of our company too. Alas, gentlemen, my house is not fit for you. There are none but civil women there, which are not for your turn. He, you know, can bear with the society of civil women now. <laughs> Besides, he's one of my family. He's... <laughs> what is he? Faith. My eunuch, since you'd have it. <laughs> Exeunt Sir Jasper, Fidget, and Horner. I rather wish thou wert his or my cuckold. Harcourt, what a good cuckold is lost there for want of a man to make him one. Thee and I cannot have Horner's privilege, who can make use of it. Ay, to poor Horner, tis like coming to an estate at threescore, when a man can't be the better for it. Come. Presently, bud. Come, let us go to. To Alethea. Madam, your servant. To Lucy. Good night, Strapper. Madam, though you will not let me have a good day or night, I wish you one but dare not name the other half of my wish good night sir for ever i don't know where to put this here dear bud you shall eat it nay you shall have part of the fine gentleman's good things or treat as you call it when we come home indeed i deserve it since i furnished the best part of it strikes away the orange the gallant treats presents and gives the ball but as the absent cuckold pays for all. Exeunt. End of Act Three.